Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined on this Wednesday with the very tan at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello. That music just gets me fired up every single time. I cannot wait to do the Today Show. Can you hear this power drill going on outside? I can't, but... Oh, good. Man, it's like right in my ear. It's right outside my place. God, Power the, tools, though. Crazy. Yeah, feel like a Power man. Power tools, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where Marcus lives. By the way, I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, Marcus bought a truck. <laughs> Been doing man stuff with the truck. Was putting stuff in it all the time. Driving around, hood down. Yeah. Did you take that selfie yet? Oh, what, every with day. The Oakleys? <laughs> yeah. When are you gonna, how that. long? How long until that replaces the Mike Tyson as the uh, uh, just, Twitter avatar? You know, it, how long? the music started going from, uh, you know, the pop station to a little bit more country, a little bit oh, more Jimmy gosh. Buffett now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So draft feature, draft related. It's draft season. And uh, I have to say, Marcus, I always learn something. I always learn something, even though I'm not a draft guy. So I'm curious what I'm going to learn today, because today we're going over Marcus's eight teams. Yeah, Marcus did the rankings. Like I told you in the offseason, he actually has to work. And believe me, he does complain about it. But Marcus did the eight teams that have to get the draft right, this Mm -hmm. draft right. No mulligans, no C pluses, maybe not even B minuses here. These are teams that really need to knock it out of the park. And so what uh, before we get into the, this grouping of teams, um, what was your thinking here? Like, what were the criteria? Is it maybe that they really screwed up the last couple of drafts before this one? They just can't afford to have another bad one. Uh, well, a little it, bit uh, of everything, the, right? Yeah. Some of these teams are drafting really high. Some of these teams have multiple first round picks. Some of these teams just have a lot of picks or it's just a big year for them to get it right. So a little bit of everything. And we'll kind of go over that as we get through each team. I see one team on here that I'm going to have to add or not on here. I'm going to have to add to your list because it might be the last year of the regime. And I think that's a year that you really have to get the draft class right. Of course, it's really hard to do that because you can have a great draft class, but hardly have any immediate starters in that class. So uh, that's always tough. But uh, let's get started with your first team. Who's first up on the list? Who's number eight here? Yeah, it's the Carolina Panthers, right? Whenever you trade all those picks and you trade away your number one receiver and DJ Moore for the number one overall pick, you better get it right. And Carolina drafting at number one, it seems like it's trending in the direction of Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama. You got to get it right. Like if, if this is a, the quarterback that's only average or only slightly above average, it's going to be pretty detrimental to their future. You know, this is a team that uh, obviously trade away its most reliable receiver. He just uh, 
referred to DJ Moore, they did get Hayden Hurst in free agency. They're going to get a new quarterback, we assume, with the first overall pick, we hope. Mm -hmm. What do they do about wide receiver? Well, they did bring in Adam Thielen, right? And I know that that doesn't really move the needle a lot. And they have Terrace Marshall. They drafted Shai Smith a couple years ago. It's probably one of those work in progress things where they know it's not settled. They're just going to try to deal with what they can this year. And then maybe next year in free agency, they're more aggressive in going out and getting a receiver. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Adam Thielen off the top there because you've been very, very pro Adam Thielen on our last few podcasts where we talked about just in general. I love Adam Thielen, but we're getting, we're getting to the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like your podcast career. Uh, Uh, Okay. Who's next up on the list? Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, um, they don't have a lot of cap space. They really didn't make any moves in free agency at all no. last or this year. Very, last very year, they made, yeah, last year they made a ton. This is an important one for them. I feel like they have to get some kind of playmaker on offense, whether it's a, a tight end or a speedy receiver or another running back to pair with Austin Eckler. They've got to get somebody else to help out Justin Herbert. If they don't. Man, would I love it if they could get a young, impactful player in the front seven that can stay healthy, that can stay healthy, stay on the field, give these guys some uh, breaks, you know, even if this Mm -hmm. is not an immediate impact guy like a Micah Parsons, fine. Give me a guy that can get, you know, seven and a half sacks, play 30 to 40 snaps for you a game. That's a, that's a big win to me. Okay. Next up, I see the Pittsburgh Steelers on the rundown. Uh, We always talk Steelers. So what's going on here? I Steelers quarterback. No, no. Steelers have three picks inside the top 50, 17, 32 and 49. They've got to get better on the offensive line and they've got to improve the depth on defense. You're in year two of Kenny Pickett. Like it's time to find out what you have in your young quarterback. I would love to see them address their offensive line and, I know they traded for Allen Robinson yesterday. I still think they could use another playmaker. So this is the draft they need to nail in order to get back to being an actual contender in the AFC. I see interior defensive line for this group. Mm -hmm. I see secondary for this group. I see offensive line for this group. I wouldn't be mad at them if they took a running back in this draft. Uh, But those are what I see. Uh, But uh, I get your point. They need playmaker. Ah, boy, I think this is a big year for Kenny Pickett and that whole staff, I think. Uh, But they're probably going to be the worst team in the AFC North. Let's go to the NFC West, Seattle Seahawks. What makes their draft so important to you? Well, they have two first-round picks, right? And now that you made the playoffs last year, can you replicate that success? Can you be back in the playoffs, or are you just a flash in the pan, you know, whatever? This team still needs a lot of help. We saw it in the playoff game against San Francisco. That defense was awful and i would expect with their two first round picks that they try to address that side of the ball if they can do it i won't be shocked if they are pretty clearly the second best team in the nfc west yeah that game against san francisco san francisco got away from them in the second half got away from their defense it was eye-opening how big the difference was in talent in that game yeah, they played a game against the Lions in Detroit that they ended up winning, but was a track meet. I think they almost scored 90 combined points in that game. Yep. Um, I was hoping for like a really detailed, complex answer to why this draft's really important to Seattle. You're like, they have two first-round picks, bro. They just well, can't afford, it, it. Can't afford other, to foul them off. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll also say they signed Geno Smith to a contract extension this offseason, right? But it's really only like a one-year deal that they can get out of. 
Mm-hmm. Is Seattle going to just draft like for a contender, or are they going to draft potentially a quarterback at number five to sit behind Geno and develop? That's what I'm the most interested in here. Yeah, no, I, I'm feeling you. I mean, gosh, the key to all this really is Geno. <laughs> it really is that, yeah. that he doesn't take a step back, but he was pretty doggone consistent the whole year uh, last year. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC, hands down. Uh, last year, he might have been the best quarterback in the he NFC. Might have been this side of Jalen Hurts uh, last year. So in the NFC, um, okay, let's go back over to the AFC. We're going to go to the AFC West this time. The Las Vegas Raiders. You've been critical of their secondary. You say they have no players back there. You didn't like the Jimmy Garoppolo no. signing. Seems like nobody is feeling the head coach there. What can the Raiders do to turn all this around in the draft specifically? It- it's an interesting draft for them because the rumors have been that they tried to trade up from seven to number one to select Bryce Young. Now, obviously, they didn't get that done. They didn't have the assets that Carolina did. But are they still interested in trading up to like number two or number three mm-hmm. to get a mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud? I don't know. But the other thing you mentioned, the, the secondary is awful. I mean, it's absolutely atrocious. But the Raiders have 12 picks in this draft, and I'm really curious to see what Dave Ziegler in the front office does because if you remember last year, they traded away their first two picks for Devontae Adams. They didn't make their first pick until pick 90, uh, and it was an offensive guard. I want to see what they do in their first draft really as a front office. To be honest with you, if we talk about their defense, I'd be happy if they hit every level of their defense. Every level, yes. Yep. Doesn't mean they need to hit, you know, something in the second round, but just every level. And I wouldn't mind if over half those draft picks went to the defensive side of the ball. Hey, draft three corners. What's sure. stopping you? You know, why not? I mean, there's not that big a difference between corner and safety anymore anyway, but I think they need at least three defensive backs. If you've got 12 picks, do it. Uh, unless you're going to trade up, obviously, and yep. maybe you trade to get that one real impact uh, secondary player. I'm fine with that too, but I think they need more than one guy. Even if it's an impact player, uh, they've got to take at least two DBs, yep. I think, Marcus, in this draft. All right, let's go to Buffalo, staying in the AFC at number three. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Buffalo got better this offseason? I'm worried about Von Miller because I felt like that team was different after he went down, and I think that they need pass rush help. I also – I'm not answering your question. I'm sitting here basically telling you everything I don't like. Uh, they lost a really impactful linebacker to the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. They they honestly, Marcus, they lost the divisional round. I mean, they kind of I don't want to say took a step backward. This I year, think they did. They did. They're, absolutely. They did. It's, it's hard to say that about a team that had such a successful season, um, but it can't be all Josh Allen centric. So my answer to you is no, I don't feel like they're improved. I don't think they're improved either, and that's why the draft is so important, right? They've got to get in their first two picks guys that can either start right away or have a big role right away. And I, They drafted Kyrie Elam in the first round last year. He didn't even really start for them, didn't play a lot until they had some injuries. They've got to be better. And if they want to catch the Chiefs and they want to catch the Bengals and avoid being passed by the Jets and the Dolphins, They've got to nail this draft. And frankly, I think they've got to get more explosive on offense. Stephon Diggs is getting, I think he's in his 30s now. Gabe Davis isn't a reliable target. They've got to get some more playmaking on that side of the ball. And a little bit of age and and injury problem in that secondary, quite frankly. Uh, I, I think they could afford to fortify that. And again, if Von Miller can't come back and be an impact player, I mean, let's be honest, Von Miller came out in, what, 2011, I think, Marcus? I mean, this is... You know, at some point, 
he's not going to be that kind of guy anymore. But if he could be a Julius Peppers late in his career, uh, you can help him by having a secondary that can hold the fort and stay on the field. Uh, I know injuries are a lot of times they're bad luck in football, but it sure helps to have depth. Uh, Let's go to Houston. Houston can use depth in a lot of areas. We did a podcast, a power ranking short on whether or not they have to take a quarterback at number two. Marcus says they do. I say they don't because they have pick number 12. So is there anything besides that for why you think they just have to nail this draft? So they had two first-round picks last year, number three and I think number 17, and they decided not to draft a quarterback, which Mm -hmm. I get. Last year's quarterback class was not great. So they took Derek Stingley, a cornerback, and Kenyon Green, a guard. Those guys had up and down rookie seasons. Now you've got picks two and 12. You need more. You need to have a better, more impactful draft class. This is a year nobody's expecting you to make the playoffs, but I need to see you win some games and show improvement I think they've got to knock these two parks, these two picks out of the park in order to at least show some relevancy. So if they take a quarterback at number two, uh, whoever it is, Bryce Young, whoever, whoever's there, okay, what would you like to see them do at 12? If you could just gift wrap them any player at 12, what would you like? Jackson Smith, a jigba. I think the best receiver in this class, somebody who can win from the slot. He's NFL ready. He's a, he, he outproduced both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave at the same time that they were all at Ohio state. That's, that's pretty impressive. They, they just have to get that offense to be functional. And they just weren't that last year. And I, I've got faith that D'Amico Ryans can make the defense good in time. The offense needs a lot more attention right now. Well, and if you're going to draft a quarterback at number two, it'd be sure nice if he had somebody he could grow with and develop yes. with. Um, also, they lost Brandon Cooks, you know, yep. and Brandon, we all knew Brandon Cooks was on the way out, but he still was very productive during mm-hmm. his time in Houston. There's no uh, doubting that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. This is a this is a huge I just I really want us to deep dive more on the Texans because we just haven't had enough Texans. Talk. How about we do the Detroit Lions instead? <laughs> yeah. OK, so I'm curious about this one. What's the number one reason that you think the Lions just have to get this right? Because the expectations are high now, right? You go nine and eight or gosh. change. Yeah, you're nine and eight. You're the favorites to win that division. You have two first round picks and you have one of the best rosters in the NFC. If you can nail even one of these two picks. I think you could be a legitimate contender. Now isn't the time, though, to take chances and take players that are a little bit risky and maybe have some off-the-field stuff. Like, get two quality players that improve your roster right now, and let's go for it. Because the NFC is never going to be weaker. That division is never going to be in worse shape. Let's go for it, Detroit. It's, it's time. Yeah, with the Packers' luck at quarterback, uh, you don't have much time. No. Uh, you know, uh, in, in terms of franchise history, they always seem to be able to develop somebody. But, uh, you know, with the Lions, this is a really tricky one. What if one of the quarterbacks falls? Do the Lions consider some Jared Goff insurance? Well, and that's what the front office is going to have to deal with is are we pushing all of our chips in now to compete or are we going to try to straddle it a little bit? Let's use one of our picks to help now and one to help down the road. That's where I'm going to be most fascinated to see what Detroit does. That's tough because, first of all, you rarely get two first-round picks in a draft. Uh, Second of all, the NFC is so weak compared to the AFC. If you take a quarterback, 
you're basically saying, okay, one out of two are probably not going to be good for this year. You just said, man, they got to just hit at least one out of these two. So now you got to go one for one, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think that quarterback's going to beat out Jared Goff this year. Uh, no, so, no way. No way. I, you know, if it were up to me and it's not, I think I would take the two best players available, period. And I think for me, both of them, I would lean defense, right? Because I think for the most part, that offense, the offensive line's in fantastic shape. They added David Montgomery. They've got receivers. Like, go get me two, like a guy in the secondary and a guy in my front four that can at least give me something right away. Hey, they got Marvin Jones back, didn't they? I think so, yeah. (laughs) You had to think about that. Like, you know, when you start talking about draft strategy, Marvin Jones plays a huge role. Yeah, not so much. Not not so much. It wouldn't be such a bad idea for them to get a big target. Uh, Of course, they had one, and now he's residing for another team in that division if they're not going to go defense. Um, but because their best player is not a big target, it's Monroe St. Brown, who's a, a speedy, quick guy, but he's not the kind of guy that he's open when he, I'm talking about a Mike Williams type dude yeah. for the Chargers. Sure. I would love to see them have that kind of guy. Uh, defensively, I think you can always get more pass rush. Why not help out your premier pick from yeah. last year and take some pressure off of him? Do you know what I would also like to see Detroit do is like, just be aggressive and, Maybe instead of gambling on two first-round picks, maybe use one of those first-round picks and try to go get a proven impact defender right now who's like on the final year of his contract Ooh. that a team maybe doesn't want to pay. The, the, for me, the name that keeps coming up is Dexter Lawrence, who the Giants have in the middle, middle of their defensive yeah. line. Yeah, I don't know if they can pay him and Leonard Williams, but let's say you flip that second first-round pick for Dexter Williams and you pair him with Aiden Hutchinson. Now we're talking about a real good defensive line how about an impact player i was thinking derwin james-esque in the secondary but it's got a little bit of moxie kind of like tyron matthew gave kansas city a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. i'd like to see that as well um but i i i mean lawrence was great for the giants man um so hey i'd love to see the lions knock this out of the park i want to see the lions go deep i want to see them go to the championship game in case you guys don't know the most amazing stat in all of sports, hands down. I don't care what's – there's no sport that can match this. The Lions have won one playoff game since the year 1957, okay? You know? Next I got a better stat. Then, Hold on. I got Go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's a non-NFL stat. Can I give you one? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. LeBron James, for his career, averages 27 points, seven rebounds, and seven assists, and he's played in thousands of games, and he's never had a 27-7-7 and seven game in his career. Pretty – The Lions stat better <laughs> – that's a pretty good one, though, isn't it? Yeah, you're such a LeBron James honk, though. He uh, by the way, but... Lakers play tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying next time we hear that Cowboys stat, like, they haven't been the NFC Championship games to, in 28 years. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I got Lions another one. I got another one. Game. Yeah. Do you know Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season? Okay, gosh. All right. So here's my final thought about your eight teams here. I told you I'd like to add one. Sure. Uh, I think the Washington Commanders really need to get this right. <laughs> I don't know how much longer Ron Rivera has there. Uh, If they're going to go with Sam Howell, I'm not saying they have to get a quarterback. Get him uh, some help up front in the offensive line. I think he's good at wide receiver. Um, Running back, didn't you talk about them taking B. John Robinson in our our mock? Uh, Don't you think Washington's got to get this right? And they're the weakest team in the NFC East right now, but they're not that far away, man. 
They're eight, eight. They were eight, eight and one last year. I do want to ask you about Washington. What would you do if you are Ron Rivera? Do you develop Sam Howell, your fifth round pick going into year two? Or do you play Jacoby Brissett, who, frankly, I thought outplayed Deshaun Watson by quite a bit last season? I think this is exactly what you do. You sit them both down in camp and you say, you, you sit down Jacoby and you, you say, look, if it's even, we're going with Sam Howell. But if you beat him out and you clearly beat him out, we're playing you. You know, that I I'll always remember Ken Wisenhunt doing that with uh, Kurt Warner and Matt Liner mm-hmm. because Kurt just wanted to know, hey, you know, what's the point here? Do I have a chance? And in 2008 training camp, he said, look, if it's even, we'll probably go with Matt because they, they had a first round pick invested in him. But if you clearly beat him out, we're giving you the job. I think that's what you do. Yeah. Uh- I've got a question about these eight teams that I have listed. Yeah. If if all eight of these teams absolutely nail the draft, which team mm-hmm. has, you know, the highest ceiling or which team raises their ceiling the most with a perfect draft? Oh man, Buffalo. I Buffalo's so. got the they've got the quarterback. Uh I would say they have a home field advantage, although the Bengals took it to them last year. I think they feel like the time is now. They have an excellent head coach. I'll take their head coach over the Chargers because uh, I'm looking at the Chargers, too, on your list would be my other team. And Detroit, those would be the three I'd pick yep. from. But I think it's Buffalo. I think Buffalo is ready right now to win a Super Bowl. If they nail this draft, they might be the best team in the league. I think I'll go Pittsburgh, right? Because we saw like last year what happened with Seattle when you drafted two offensive linemen and you got some other pieces like – you went from one of the bottom three rosters in the NFL to a playoff team. Pittsburgh's almost there already. And if they hit on yeah. two of their first three picks, I won't be shocked if like they're competing for the AFC North with that roster they already have. No, I think it's a good I, – I, the AFC North is so hard to gauge, first of all, because of the Baltimore Ravens. And I always wonder if the Bengals – if we're maybe putting, or I'm more speaking to myself right here, maybe I'm putting a little too much stock in them as a Super Bowl team. I've got like 50,000 internet pages up. Apologize. Um, the Browns, though, to me, are the most curious team. That I agree did. with that. Yes. Y- you know, because I think Deshaun Watson was flat last year. He came out flat. Uh, the defense uh, played way under what it could. I like the Browns as a playoff team this year, which mm. is going to make it really hard for Pittsburgh, but I could be wrong, but I'm seeing ten and seven for Cleveland this year. But don't you know don't what? forget they they hired Jim Schwartz as their defensive coordinator, who I still think is really good, and I think he's going to get that defense to at least play at an average level. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. You know what? I, I'm sitting here driving me crazy right now is partially because of these power drills that are going out. Ken Wisenhunt, he was the coach of the Cardinals in 08, right when they went yeah. to the Super Bowl. Yes, against Pittsburgh. Yep. Yes, a great great Super Bowl. I didn't like the outcome, nor did you. But yeah. Hey, well, I, I hope the Lions it. make the Super Bowl. Antonio didn't get his feet down, but it's fine. He did too. Don't come on. Come on. All right. I I think we should go here. We're I think good. anytime we, once we start getting into Marcus's Steeler hatred, where it's time for us to peace out. But you can hear his love for the Cowboys. That's a terrible segue. I admit it terribly cheesy. <laughs> yeah, Lone Locked on Cowboys. He does that with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow. Uh, Landon's a big supporter, huge supporter for this podcast. Also, Marcus covers the Raiders for Raiders Wire on USA Today. He writes for Pro 
profootballfocus.org. Just kidding. Profootballfocus.com. It's a very good writer. Check out his work. At Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We appreciate you guys. We're going to hit you with another Power Ranking short tomorrow. Till then, we'll talk to you.